Hi, this is Aliza Lemon Baranowski coming to you from Rockville, Maryland. In the previous recording, Kalo Bandor taught us uh, about chapter 27, and he told us about the yoke that Yirmiyahu sent to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel. The message to Babel was twofold. First, that God would make the nations serve Babel, and then that eventually the tides would turn and Babel would fall. The message from Yirmiyahu to the Jews is very clear. Serve the king of Babel and live. In that era, the pundit class, as we would call it, of the ancient world was alive and well. There were many sources of alternative information to the ones that Yirmiyahu provided. In today's chapter, chapter 28, we see the response of Hananiah ben Azur, who addresses Yirmiyahu in the house of Hashem in front of all the priests and the prophets. Um, this is Psukim 2 through 4. Ko amar Hashem tzvakot lemor, shavarti et ol melech bavel. This is Hananiah speaking. Thus said Lord of hosts, God of Israel, I hereby break the yoke of King Babel. In two years, I will restore to this place all the vessels of the house of the Lord, which King Nebuchadnezzar of Babel took from this place and brought to Babel. And I will bring back to this place King Yehoniah, son of Yehoiakim of Judah, and all the Judean exiles who went to Babel, declares the Lord. Yes, I will break the yoke of the king of Babel. Hananiah here expertly uses Yirmiyahu's own words to deliver a different message. In the previous chapter, Jeremiah had warned the Jews that this message would come to them from false prophets. And it does. Um, Hananiah delivers it in a public setting. Because it's in public, Jeremiah needs to respond on behalf of God. In verses 7 through 9, Jeremiah cleverly responds that these would be welcome outcomes. But the only way to know for sure if this is truly the word of God is to see it transpire. This is verse 9. Hanavi asher yinavela shalom bechol bavodavar hanavi yivadza hanavi asher shalcho Hashem bemet. If a prophet prophecies good fortune, then only when the word of the prophet comes true can it be known that Hashem really sent him. It seems that Yirmiyahu had been wearing a yoke around his neck on an ongoing basis for some time. Presumably not the same one he sent to Babel, but maybe. The initial verses in chapter 27 tell him both to wear the yoke and to send it to Babel. We know that Yirmiyahu continues to wear the yoke on an ongoing basis in public because, in response, Hananiah ben Azur reaches out and breaks the yoke that Yirmiyahu is wearing. The symbolism is clear. Hananiah wants to win the hearts and the minds of the Jewish people. By breaking the yoke that is Jeremiah's symbol, he hopes to dispel the idea that Jeremiah's words have any weight. God delivers his response immediately via Jeremiah. Go say to Hananiah, thus said the Lord, you broke bars of wood, but you shall make bars of iron instead. That's Pasuk Yud Gimel. I'm going to read also Yud Dalet. 
For thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put an iron yoke upon the necks of all those nations that they may serve King Nebuchadnezzar of Babel and serve him they shall. I have even given the wild beasts to him. This pasuk and a similar pasuk in chapter 27 are actually interpreted literally by the Gemara in Shabbat 150, which tells us that Nebuchadnezzar rode a lion to battle with a snake tied around his head, which is just an amazing image. But we don't need to interpret this pasuk literally to understand that it is meant to strike fear in the hearts of those in Judea who still think they can beat Bavel. God is saying here that his decision is final. This set of verses can also be seen as a recognition that Hanania's actions serve to further entrench people into their positions. By breaking the yoke, Hanania gave comfort to those who don't want to yield to Babel. He strengthens their resolve and makes their yoke, i.e. their adherence to a false hope, even stronger. We all know that the punishment for being a false prophet is death, and God promises that Hanania will die within the year. The chapter closes by telling us that he did, in fact, die that year. But let's go back to our response from Jeremiah. He told Hanania and those assembled that he, Hanania, could only be proven correct by waiting the two years Hanania predicted and seeing whether the exiles and the temple vessels returned to Judah. How is an ordinary person to know what to think, since Hanania's words can't be proven until they come true? In his recording, Kalev mentioned that he was speaking on the eve of the election in Israel. I'm recording in the U.S. on Super Tuesday in the midst of an election cycle full of people who are predicting with complete certainty what will happen in November. How are any of us to know what to believe? To some extent, the people in Judea then and the Jewish kings, including Tzidkiyahu, were tempted by the good news message of Hananiah and his ilk because of confirmation bias, our desire to confirm the truth of what we already believe. Hearing bad news or contradictory information is much harder for our brains, but the truly open-minded, whose hearts are loyal to God, the prophet would add, considers fully even information that goes against what we want to believe. This chapter takes place in the fourth year of Tzidkiyahu, which means that Jeremiah has been telling the Jewish people what God wants from them for 35 plus years. They should know what God wants of them, justice, righteousness, and a return from the evil ways of the many kings of Yehudah. In this era of political echo chambers, the pundits and the prognosticators don't call themselves prophets, but they exist in great number. Their words are in our newspapers and on the internet. Their faces and voices are on our cable television. It is easy to find someone to tell us what we want to believe and to tell us that what we believe is correct. But if we ascribe to the yoke of heaven, then we have to consider information that appears to our Jewish values even if it's politically inconvenient. Jeremiah didn't have a yoke of truth per se, but we ought to consider putting one on, even if it will force us out of comfortable but inaccurate beliefs. Wishing everyone a wonderful day.